welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Another episode of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei, and we are on episode five. Yep, we're on episode five. Um, this week, I don't think I'm going to be here too long, but I say that every week, and I lie. But I don't have too much to cover, but there are still two uh, topics I would like to dive into. Um, I know it's been a minute since I dropped an episode. I've been having some terrible sinus problems. I was definitely not in condition to talk for more than 30, 40 minutes at a time, but I've been stepping my antibiotic game up, so feeling a lot better. Um, Today, I want to talk about one movie and one album. Um, Actually, you know what? I'll make that two movies. The first review is going to be really, really, really quick, but... um. Yeah, so actually, you know what? I ain't going to waste time. I'm going to jump right into it. So just brief note, real quick, I forgot to mention probably about two, three podcasts ago that I even went to see uh, Star Wars Rogue One, and I never even gave my opinion on it. So real quick, I'm not going to dive into it. Dope movie. I was on the fence at first about seeing it, like when I first saw the trailer. I'm glad uh, I just went ahead and saw it. I wasn't expecting it to be anything special. I thought it was awesome. Donnie Yen was awesome. I have no complaints about that movie. And yes, I did like it better than Force Awakens. So just throw that out there real quick. I'm pretty sure everybody who's wanted to see it has seen it by now. But in case you haven't, if you were on the fence like me, go see it. The last, <laughs> the last like 10 seconds of that movie is worth the admission price alone. And that's all I'm going to say. So Star Wars Rogue One was definitely dope. Um, now that I got that out the way, uh, the movie that I wanted to talk about was just a random kind of random Netflix movie. I was home one day. Um, this was actually a couple of days ago when I still wasn't really feeling so good. So you know how it is when you're, you're not feeling up to speed. Just kind of sit home, chill out. Been watching a lot of anime or whatever. And then I hopped on Netflix, trying to find something to watch. And I came across this movie, Spectral. And, of course, I'd never heard of this movie at all. The title of it and kind of like the cover image uh, kind of caught my eye. And I saw that it had four stars. And then I read the little, you know, little film synopsis. And I was like, all right, I'll give this a try. See if it's, you know, anything good. And... It was it was decent, but I'll, I'll tell y'all what, you know, I'll try to describe best what I what I saw. Um, I will say, keep in mind, I'm not as good with movie reviews um, as I am music, being that especially for most movies, I watch them once and I never watch them again. <laughs> so I, I'm running a lot off of pure memory. 
Um, so just bear with me. But as far as spectral goes, let me give some shout outs to uh, actors and directors. Got to make sure everybody gets their proper credit. Um, this movie was directed by Nick Matthew. I'm going to guess it's Matthew. It's spelled M-A-T-H-I-E-U. A little fancy, but um, I guess it's Nick Matthew. Uh, the stars of this movie, at least uh, according to IMDb, are James Badge Dale, Emily Mortimer, and Bruce Greenwood. So, Spectral was... I guess we had to categorize it. It's kind of like a military slash sci-fi movie. Um, in short, uh, James Badge Dale, who in the movie plays, I believe his name was Dr. Klein. Um, he was kind of like a, some kind of like technician. Um, he worked a lot uh, with the technology that the U.S. military uses. Um, in particular, he uh, helped design these special... Uh, goggles that they have that kind of let you see a lot more than what you know your average goggles would would pick up and what happens in the very beginning of the movie is you see the U.S. forces they're invading I think they're in like Europe which is I think where the main conflict of the movie takes place it's kind of like a civil war type situation over in Europe so the uh Soldiers are, are in Europe, you know, doing doing their thing, doing their, their mission or whatever. And they come across this, for lack of a better word, a spectral, which by definition means ghost or, or ghost-like. And it was kind of like this ghost-like figure that one of the soldiers ran into. And these little ghost-like figures <laughs> take no prisoners. And they can literally kill you with one touch. So... That's kind of how the beginning of the movie starts out. I mean, it's not really a spoiler. You, you probably could guess it coming. Soldier runs into the the ghost-like soldier. He sees it for a little bit. He's not quite sure what it is. By the time he realizes what even happens, he gets touched. He dies. That's a wrap. <laughs> and pretty much what happens is um, Dr. Klein, he gets called on by, you know, by the U.S. forces, and being that he's an expertise with the goggles and, like, the technology, he they bring him in to kind of just get his opinion on, you know, what is it, what is it that we're fighting? Like, what are these ghosts, are these, like, actual ghost ghosts, or do you think this is, like, some kind of technology? And that's kind of, kind of what the premise of the movie is, and eventually, um... Dr. Klein goes into the field, like literally he, he goes out there with the troops and they just pretty much spend the movie kind of trying to figure out what it is that they're going up against. Um, as far as characters, the thing about this movie, I did like it. I think it's, I'm going to say, I think it's great. Great would be a stretch. It's a good movie. It's like a solid B-list movie. Like, they did everything good, but didn't do anything, like, too great. Um, so, like, character-wise, um, Emily Mortimer's character, uh, Fran Madison, she was, like, the head of, I'm probably getting agencies wrong, CIA, FBI, you know, those important people. She was <laughs> she was head of one of those, uh, you know, one of those, like, top agencies that was also investigating, you know, 
this uh, supernatural phenomenon, if that's what you want to call it. Um, and her character was cool. You know, she, I didn't like her at first. Some of the, they were trying to uncover what they were dealing with after that first footage of the soldier uh, encountering the ghost soldier, so to speak. And she was going to give her superiors uh, the excuse that, I'm not going to say excuse, but theory that the ghost soldiers are just soldiers in advance um, camouflage, which, I mean, I get it. When they first encounter the soldiers, you don't have a lot to go on. But to me, common sense would tell you clearly there's more than just some, some camouflage, like, <laughs> the even if it's camouflage, how are these soldiers killing people with like literally one touch? Um, but yeah, you get to see her and, and Dr. Klein, uh, work together. All of the other characters in the film, aside from those two are just kind of mostly soldiers, commanders, you know, those important type people, but none of them really stick out, but they play their roles, I guess, as well as you could ask them to, which like I said before, the film executes everything good, nothing great. Um, so acting wise, I mean, everything was solid, no Oscar performances, but you know, everything's it's passable. It's, it's believable, I guess I could say, um, on the story, on the story tip, um, I do like kind of the, it was different. Like in most, I feel like in most other movies, you you would probably know like right off the back like all right they just got some super technology that we don't have we got to figure out how to beat it well they would know off the back uh we're fighting ghosts we got to figure out you know what it is we how do we combat this and in this movie i think the first half does a good job of i guess you could say building tension or like mystique as to what these soldiers actually are now i'm not gonna give that away they definitely go pretty deep into it especially like the latter half of the movie you find out exactly what it is they're fighting um but i like the the first half of the movie you get to see a lot of the ghost soldiers you get to see a lot of encounters with the troops trying to fight the ghost soldiers more often than not the encounters don't <laughs> don't really go too well uh the ghost soldiers are actually really dope they they move really fast. I like the sound design of the movie. They they made them sound like really cool when they move and like this little like blast effect that happens when they touch you. Um so that was that was done really well. Um the movie it's I don't say it's there's something about this movie as much as I did enjoy it, I thought it was solid. But, like, it almost felt like it was missing something. Like, the story progressed, not, pre I guess you could kind of say predictable. It's kind of a move from point A to point B movie. You know, we're going to do this mission. Oh, this mission didn't go the way we thought it would, so now we have to go to this place. Like, it's not, the story isn't really intricate in that matter and like and how it progresses you, you kind of clearly know i mean aside from the mystery of what the soldiers are but aside from that i mean you know what's going on and i can't point out what it is about this movie that 
it was it's like a there's like a list like blockbuster movies and then this movie would fall short of the A-list blockbuster. It's like a B-list. Like it was almost there. But there was something something missing. I don't know what it was. Something maybe they could have done better. That kind of kept it from being. You know. On the level of. I, don't know, I was about to say the Matrix. Which would have been a terrible comparison. <laughs> but you know. It, it could have been like one of those blockbuster movies. But instead it, it just. It just, it couldn't, it didn't hit that mark. Like I said, I don't know if it was just the acting or maybe the story could have used a few more plots and twists. I'm not sure because like I said, everything in the movie was done solid. Like the camera work was, was solid. The action sequences are, are really good. Um, it does get very, towards the latter half of the movie, it almost starts to get like a video game feeling though. Um, I won't go in too deep, but you start to see some of the weapons these soldiers are using, and it looks like something out of, like, Gears of War, or, like, Halo, and you start seeing some of the guns they get, but, I don't know, it was something about this movie that, like, it could have been, it just could have been, like, an A-list, but it wasn't quite there, but it was almost there, um, yeah, I guess it's not really, it's not too much else I can say about this film without, like, spoiling it, but, yeah, man, if, if if you want a solid, a solid Netflix movie, it is something a little different, like I said, with the whole Ghost Soldier aspect going on, like I said, you got ghosts, they're running around, they're jumping, and I don't say they're floating, but they can jump really highly, they're running into tanks and knocking them over, like, it's it's a really it's a dope movie. It's it's a dope movie. It's just not great. It's a solid it's a solid movie. So I'd say man if maybe one night you wanna watch something good, you don't feel like going out to the movies because you don't wanna pay twelve ninety nine for a movie ticket and thirty dollars in popcorn and all that <laughs> all that crazy stuff. Sit home and, and check this out. Like I said it's it's it got most of the average stars I've seen, I think, on the reviews before, which is also what I gave it. So, like I said, it's, it's a solid movie. It's not going to blow your mind. I think it's about an hour and 40-something minutes long. But it's just, it's a solid it's a solid watch. It's something a tad bit different, I would think. At least for me, even though I don't watch a ton of movies. But something a little different than um, your average like military flick. I like the sci-fi elements. And it also kind of raises questions of I guess you could say like morality and war and how far I guess we're willing to go when when war happens and uh you know what I was almost about to explore it so I'm gonna shut up now but <laughs> yeah man spectral go go uh go give it a go give it a look definitely uh I will I will give it my stamp of approval um, not that that probably means much to you, but if you trust my judgment at all, go, go give it a shot. It's, it's a dope flick that's worth checking out. Um, but that's all on that. Now, I would like to switch gears, uh, to an album that I've been wanting to talk about for quite some time. And if you listen to my very first 
podcast, I mentioned this album in brief um, when I did my top uh, 20 of 2016. This came in, I do not have my list in front of me, so I might be lying on my own list. I think this came in at three. It was top five. I know it was. I know for sure it was top five. I want to say it was either three or four. Um, the album I'm referring to is Polymer by Tone Deaf. So the reason I wanted to talk about this album, of course, I want to talk about it because obviously I wouldn't talk about an album that I, I didn't enjoy or I didn't find at least remotely interesting, but felt like the coverage this album got just wasn't wasn't enough like I felt like more people should have been talking about this album like I remember the night I didn't say the night just the day that I got it and I remember listening to it a couple of times I'm like man this album is so good I was like I wonder what the rest of the world is thinking of this album so you go to google type in tone deaf polymer review I get like zero results. We might get like maybe a couple, two here or there. And I'm like, bro, why is nobody, you mean tell me I'm the only person, you know, <laughs> am I the only person on earth that listens to this? Like I know, I know somebody else on earth listened to this album and felt at least somewhat similar about it like I do. Like, but yeah, I, I was kind of dumbfounded at how little like, press this album got i get it tone depth's an underground rapper but still like i feel like this should have been been picked up a little more so this isn't me pitch sailing the album i don't know tone depth personally but <laughs> i just wanted i wanted to dedicate an episode to this album because I, I to me it was worth it so i will spend the next however long this podcast takes, trying to explain to you why I thought this album was so good and why it deserved uh, the ranking that it got uh, in my top 20 for 2016. Um, So for anyone who does not know who Tone Deaf is, um, he is a rapper, songwriter, producer, uh, I believe label owner, uh, Q15, I think that's his his label, his imprint. Um, He's been... He's been in the game for a pretty long time. I mean, he's been associated with dudes like Pac FM, uh, Substantial. I know he's done a couple of tracks with Cunning Linguists. So he's, if you're familiar with those artists who I just named, if not, you should check those guys out too. But if you're familiar with those artists I just named, you know how far back those dudes go, how long they've been in the game. He's been in the game just as long, if not longer, than they have. If you've never listened to Tone Deaf, he's definitely known as kind of being an MC's MC. Like he's a he's the definition of a rapper, and more specifically, I guess I would say a lot of people enjoy his music because of the the pretty much like flawless double time flow or rapid fire flow, whatever you want to call it. He does it almost better than anybody I've ever heard. And you definitely get to hear it on this album. Um, man, I, I honestly I don't know where to start with this album. It's so it was so much to take in. Um, just the way this album was constructed, which in itself was crazy. Um, so polymer is kind of a combination 
of three EPs and then a final EP and they all kind of form musical hip hop Voltron or whatever and that completes the Polymer album and the three EPs which came out over the course of about three years um, actually you know what just to be more specific because I'm on Tone Def's Bandcamp right now the first EP was Glutton yeah and that came out in 2013 so there was the Glutton EP then there was the Demon EP and then there was a Hunter EP so when Glutton came out you know, Glutton was the introduction to kind of tone deaf coming back after a long hiatus. And there was also the the introduction to the public kind of finding out that he's gearing up for another like full length album. And when I first heard the concept of, oh, he's going to do three EPs, the three EPs are going to cover different topics. I was like, all right, sounds dope. Sounds creative. Haven't really seen anybody do this kind of rollout for an album before so this should this should be interesting when i first listened to the glutton ep i was like eh, i don't know it had this really electronic vibe i wasn't quite used to hearing from him so that ep to be honest and out of the, f- the three that came out before polymer that was probably my least favorite that one didn't do too much for me mainly because of the production it was really heavy on the electronic side I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. I I applaud creativity. I like trying things that you don't normally do. I guess to me, maybe it was a little too far left field at the time. But I was like, you know what? I still got to keep an eye on this because there are a couple more EPs he's going to drop. So why not keep checking out? So he comes back with the Hunter EP the following year, which I believe I, I did a list for 2014, which I'm pretty sure is when the Hunter EP came out. And that made it to my top 20 that year. I really enjoyed that one. It had an electronic-ish feel, but I felt like it was a little harder, a little grimier than Glutton was, which made me enjoy it a lot more. And then he released... Oh, no, I had them flip-flop. Hunter came out last. The Demon EP came out before that. And actually, yeah, the Demon EP, I liked a little better than, uh, than Glutton. And then Hunter came out, and that was the last one. And when Hunter came out, I was like, all right, I'm on board. I like this. And then he takes another break after Hunter, and then Polymer finally drops. And Polymer drops, and I have a few, I had, I would say I had a few concerns. So, like I said earlier, the kind of rollout of the album was that you're going to listen to this album is the culmination of three other EPs plus a final EP, which I believe was called Phantom. And then that entirety of those bodies of work make Polymer. And so I'm thinking, all right, so that means on this Polymer album, I'm going to have heard about 75, 80% of these songs already. At least that's what I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, so I'm going to get an album that I've heard most of it before plus you know the phantom ep which you can only get by listening to the polymer album so i'm going to hear songs that mostly i've heard before plus maybe four or five new songs so it's like am i really am i really going to be that excited for this like how good can it be if i've heard most of it already he's just adding about three or four more songs 
and what he did, which worked very well. One thing I think that's underrated or overlooked, I can't even just say in hip-hop. I feel like in music, in any, in any musical genre, sequencing of albums, of, of songs on albums, is very important. <laughs> I don't know if anybody pays attention to it, but the way you sequence songs, it affects heavily how well an album flows together how cohesive it sounds and even though some of the well like I said a lot a lot of the songs on the polymer album I had heard before the way they were sequenced made it fit because I was afraid that oh tracks one through uh you know tracks one through five will be all of the glutton songs and then tracks uh six through ten will be all the demon songs so on so forth but it didn't go like that he kind of broke them up which you would you would think would maybe not make it sound so good because you would think it would probably flow together if all the eps if all the eps which deal with like similar issues like i said because the eps are theme you would think that would make the album flow better but he found a way to break them up rearrange them add them in with the final ep to make the album and this album flows together perfectly so that's the first thing that stood out that was just by looking at the track listing i was like all right then after the first listen i was like okay this album flows really good sonically which i guess that'll be the first thing I, i talk about with this album is like the production and just the sound of it this album, I believe, is entirely produced by Tone Deaf, minus one track. Uh, let me give let me give a proper credit shout out. Okay, yeah, the only track that uh, Tone Deaf did not produce was Glutton, uh, which was produced by Number Nine Five, I think. Yeah, so Number Nine Five. So shout out to him. Uh, he's the only other production credit on this album, but other than that. Yeah, Tone did the entirety, uh, the entire soundscape of this album, and the production on this album is crazy. Like this is this is amazing work, considering that one person did this almost entirely by himself. And if I was to describe the sound of this album, it's like it's like a movie soundtrack. That's it's like an electronic slash hip hop like symphony almost like it's it. I can't even really call this a hip hop album. It definitely. And I think I said this when I mentioned this uh, album in my uh, my top 25 or top 20 list that this album has elements of hip hop in it. But I would not call this a hip hop album. Cause it it been so many genres, and it's not it's not even just rapping on here. Like he sings, I'll get into that later. I wanna wanna kind of stick to the production, but like just to I guess give an example the the intro track, the things you don't see coming, which is the uh, the title track on Polymer. It starts off nice and slow. It's real mellow, and then the beat just builds. It sounds like it literally sounds like an intro to like a movie. 
like it's building up to something epic and yeah it just it does a really great job of just like pulling you in like you don't really know what's happening but you hear like this epic beat build up and you're like all right I'm in here I'm locked in I don't know what I'm about to get but I'm I'm ready to listen to it and then from there the album doesn't it doesn't really lose a step I'm not a fan of not every song on here but even the songs I don't like I still notice the production and how they do a great job of of capturing like emotion um the track actually since I've talked about it a few times the track Glutton is not one of my favorite tracks on here but that song it's it's about gluttony and like if gluttony had a sound <laughs> it would probably feel uncomfortable which this track feels like that like it's really loud it's he, he does this really uh not sure what the voice effect is but he makes his voice sound really weird and the track just sounds really uncomfortable to listen to and it just it does a perfect job of capturing the emotion that he's going for same with the track demon which probably has like one of the fastest flows lyrical lyrically wise on this on this track but it's another track that it's really hectic it's just it's a lot going on everything's moving really fast it's I think I've I posted a review of this on um, my WordPress page, which I'll probably leave a link to description to below. But I'd mentioned this track in my review and uh, one of the people who commented said that uh, the track was, I guess, was supposed to relate to like anxiety. And after listening to it, it made a lot of sense. I don't know if any of you out there, hopefully you don't, but if you've ever suffered from anxiety, it can feel like that where things are hectic. Your mind is moving really fast and you can't really calm yourself down. And that's exactly what like the production of that track sounds like. It's just, everything's just everything, including like the lyrical flow. everything's bouncing around. Everything's moving really fast. And you're just like, Whoa, 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 we need to chill out. But the track does not chill out. <laughs> it keeps, it keeps going. So I love, I love tracks like that that are like almost uncomfortable to listen to, but the production gets is varied. Then you get tracks like Competitive Nature, which would I guess be like the I call it like the anthem of the album. Um, I love the DJ scratches in there. It it's like a or it does it has like an anthem kind of feel to it, and that one probably knocks uh, a bit harder than some of the other tracks on here um man what other what i could talk oh boy sunrise volume two actually i should say so and actually yeah i'm glad i did mention this track so like i said before one of the i mentioned the sequencing of the album another great thing he did is like i said i was worried about fearing that oh man i might be bored with this album because i've heard most of the songs already well what he did not on every track, but on a few of them, he reworked the original beats. Um, I believe the lyrics, for the most point, pretty much stayed the same. But uh, for Sunrise, for example, I think Sunrise was on the Gluttony EP. 
And for the Polymer album, he sunrises on here, but he reworked the beat. And this beat is so much better than the Glutton EP. It's another one of those tracks that has that really, excuse me, burping on my podcast. This is a, another one of those tracks that has that real like cinematic build up feel to it. And that that's another track that just does a great job of capturing the emotion of of the song and it just this entire album makes you just kind of feel like you're going on an auditory is that a word we're gonna say that's a word for today <laughs> we're gonna say that's a word for today but it, it sounds like it's like an auditory journey of somebody's life so and the production just does a good job of just taking you on the ride and you get tracks like Sunrise, which is a track kind of about, it's kind of every average, every everyday average dude kind of getting beat up by life, trying to make it through, trying to, you know, trying to keep it moving, keep it pushing. But, you know, life is, is giving you the business. But, you know, eventually you, you find your light at the end of the tunnel. And I also love that track. Um I don't know if this is related to the same video, but I remember a while ago when he was first working on the EPs and he had posted a, um, it was a video I came across on YouTube about him. Um, he was trying to, I guess, get like a choir for one of his songs. And I'm wondering if this is the song that that video, um, had showed because there's a nice, like choir feeling <laughs> or, or I can't say feeling they're actually singing but there's like a nice choir outro to this song that ends it just so perfectly and that's probably it's probably my favorite song on the track lyric wise and just sound wise it's it's <laughs> it's just awesome um man most of these tracks production wise are, are just awesome the only I can't say bad beat. I would say like the most tame, the most normal beat you would hear on this album would probably be Use Me. That's the only one. That's the only track that I heard. And I think that was one of the singles, which didn't really like stick out. And I don't mean that in a bad way because it's it's not a bad beat. It's just if you compare that instrumental to the other tracks on here, like that one just seems normal compared to everything else on here. And then you got tracks, uh, like narcissist that's another track that kind of like the demon track that i mentioned earlier um it's really hectic i like this one though though because this beat is is really dark it's kind of menacing and the track narcissist is lyrically it's, it's definitely about that it's about narcissism and i guess us kind of being obsessed with ourselves obsessed with lives we see other people lead but it has this just really dark menacing hard-hitting feeling to it and that's another one that just it's a real in your face kind of makes you uncomfortable but i love that one that's probably another uh second probably probably my second favorite song i would say i'll probably say sunrises first uh narcissist probably be a close second man what else production wise can i even say about this like it, it just like i said man it's 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 an audio journey. It's like a, a movie in audio form. 
It's instrumentals that are cinematic, instrumentals that are fast-paced and hectic. Um, I guess I would have to venture now into the lyric side because the lyrics and his flow do also a great job of complementing the instrumentals. Um, on a lot of the cinematic sounding tracks, you know, you hear a lot of singing as for, uh, example with that, I guess you could say, uh, the track Phantom, um, actually, actually, I think that's an entirely sung track and his tone has pretty good singing, not, not great or mind blowing, but it definitely is, it fits very, very, very well with what he's trying to do. And it fits the moods of these tracks. And I like his singing. Or I like like just the vocal delivery of this album because it, it varies so much. His, he uses so many just different flows. Like I said, on a track like Demon, it's just this rapid fire in your face. Sometimes you can't understand what he's saying because he's rapping so fast. <laughs> like when I first got this album, I, I pre-ordered one of the deluxe editions. And my download came with... Uh, like a the, a booklet link with the lyrics in it. So I would literally, I was listening to the album and I was reading the lyrics as I was listening, which made it even that much more great. But sometimes I needed to read the lyrics because like, like I said, on tracks like Demon, man, he raps so fast that at points that you're going to miss what he's saying. And like I said, on tracks like Demon, he's going real fast. On tracks like Phantom, he's singing. On tracks like Sunrise, he does both. <laughs> and then... Then you kind of get tracks like Competitive Nature, which I mentioned earlier, and I like that track lyrically because that's one of the more, I'm going to say regular flows, kind of slows it down, not too fast, not too crazy, it fits perfect with the beat, that one you'll kind of, you'll understand what he's saying, you'll you'll know what's, what's going on, and then you get tracks like, um, and they watched him, which is the second track on the album, I love the flow on that album because it's it's really slow, it's really dark. <laughs> I love the effect, the really like more like demon like effect he puts on his voice during the hook. He he just he's so much the variety of just flows and singing and rapping and it's all over the place. But I don't mean that in a bad way. It's all over the place, but it all fits really well. And then on top of crazy production, on top of variety of flows and everything, you get content. And you get content of just... He covers, like I said, the album is like an audio... It's like an audio movie. It's like listening to somebody tell you their life story and and in a musical form. And, of course, if somebody's going to tell you their life story, you've got to have a lot of different topics to talk about. And he, he touches on everything. Um, I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking at the track list, and I'm trying to figure out where do, where do I start. Like like I said, I mentioned Narcissus earlier, which is literally a track about narcissism and just the different ways you can obsess over certain things, whether it be fame or you're obsessing over yourself, you're obsessing over what other people have, and you got tracks like um, Five Sisters, which is a really crazy dope contract, bah, dope concept. Um, try to do my best to explain this. I might get this wrong, <laughs> but 
that track is it's him describing his mom but instead of like describing his mom directly he's using his five sisters and their traits to kind of tie them all in together and it's just this I'm probably not explaining it right, but if you listen to it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. It's it's such a dope concept. I've never heard, literally, I've never heard anybody, like, concept-wise craft a song like that. Um, <laughs> you got uh, Filthy Volume 2 on here. I ain't gonna go into Filthy too much. <laughs> filthy is exactly what the, entitled, the, the title of the track implies. I'm I'm not gonna go into it. I just say don't don't listen to that around your kids. It's just, it's it's everything the title says it is. But that also is another track that I think that was on was that on Glutton? I think that was on Glutton. I can't remember. Uh that was on one of the earlier EPs too, and that was another track that he reworked the beat for. That one also has a video, which crazy I've I've actually never watched the video for that song. So I might actually do that after. Uh, I'm finished recording this, but, um, yeah, so you got tracks like Filthy, which the lyrics sound crazy, but it does cover a theme of just like lust, but lust to like the maximum, like (laughs) it's lux to like full capacity lust. Like I'm not gonna get into the rest of it, but that's just another gamut of emotion. Another, another part of life, I guess you could say. Um, the track moment, which is literally a song about time and about wasting time and about how valuable time is and can be and why we shouldn't waste it and things like that. And man, um, and then they watched them, which I mentioned that track earlier. Um, that's a dope track. That's the second track, as I said earlier. I like that track though, cause it kind of describes tone deaf's upbringing and music, and about how he, he wanted to get in the game, and I just, I like the, the song structure of the album, because he'll say something like, you know, he did X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z, and then the hook is like, and they watched him, and they laughed, and it's like, people, you know, trashing him when he first started, saying he was whack, or making fun of him because he sings, and you know, you know the stuff, you know how it goes, you're, you're trying to branch into the music game, and people tear you down for for one reason or another and that's kind of him telling his story like that and I actually like how it followed up uh, by the next track Hunter which is also another reworked beat from one of the previous EPs and that track is kind of like a full blown (laughs) not a diss but kind of a full blown I guess you could say middle finger to the industry which is very very lyrically well written which is another great point about this album man for people who don't say uh sorry for people who say things like oh hip-hop isn't poetry blah 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 bruh you wildin out this album i ain't going to recreate none of the flows uh on this podcast here because i ain't about to embarrass myself like that but if you listen to this on Bandcamp, uh Open the lyric tab. He has lyrics for every track on here. This album is very, very, very uh and uh what's the what's the word I'm looking for? I emphasize. Very well written. Like it's it's poetic 
but not corny. It's like poetic and it can be braggadocious. It can be emotional. It's it's just super it's very well written, man. Like he has a great he has really great vocabulary. Like he has a great way with words. He he knows how to string just great like stanzas together. If I'm that makes sense. It's like you you can tell this is somebody who takes pride in their penmanship. Like he's not just saying words just to say words or create shock value. Like his pen game is is A1. Like it's I don't know <laughs> I really know what else to say. Like I guess if I could draw a comparison, I I never reviewed this album but I also mentioned it and um in my top 20, uh, Kai's album, Honor Killed the Samurai, which is another dope album that if you're listening and you've never heard, definitely go listen to that album. But the reason I like that album so much was because it was so well written. That's another album when I say people who say things like, oh, rap isn't poetry, they're not good writers. Bruh, chill out. Go listen to that and get back with me. This this album is, albums like that, like Honor Killed the Samurai, uh, like this Polymer album, they're very well written and anybody of any background even if you're not a fan of rappers or like you gotta respect the pen game he has the word choice the way he can put sentences together it's it's all just it's phenomenal like that's what this album is this was probably one of the most creative albums experiences <laughs> this is what this album was it was an experience to listen to and I take it back from what I said in my other podcast because I mentioned that I like this album but I would have to be in like a certain mood to listen to it well I've had a lot of time to sit with this album uh, since I made that list and I, I still to this day I still listen to this album, and this was released, uh, this was July 8th, 2016 is when this album came out, I'm still listening to this album on a daily, um, maybe not the whole way through, you know, I have other songs that I enjoy listening to more than others, but, like, I still, I go back and listen to this, and I'm like, man, like, this album was so dope, it was so well executed, in every fashion, like I said, there. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I ate before this podcast, so now I'm, I'm burping up my food. But, <laughs> but man, like I said, there. I don't know what else to say. This album was just. There was nothing really negative I could say about this. Like I said, there was, there was a small stretch of songs. I'll say, just to be fair, um. I pretty much I can go track by track. Things you don't see coming. Dope. Wild crazy. Uh and then they watch them. Crazy. Hunter. Crazy. Competitive nature. Dope. Then there's a small stretch in the middle of tracks I wasn't they're not bad, but they weren't like my favorite tracks. So Demon, Cinder, which I think Cinder's like almost like an instrumental. I don't believe there are any, even even any vocals on that track. Uh but Demon, Cinder, Moment 
and Glutton. Like that small stretch of four songs is the only spot really on the album where I'm like I said, I don't I don't dislike them. I don't think they're bad songs. But that's like the one minor section of the album I kinda skip through. But right after Glutton, it goes to Sunrise, which is like my favorite track. Goes to Phantom, which is another one of my favorite tracks. Goes to Five Sisters, which is another dope track. Um Use Me and Filthy Another two songs, they're not bad, not my favorite, but they're still good, <laughs> if that even makes sense, so I might, every now and then I'll skip past those two if I'm listening, but then it goes to Narcissus, which is another favorite track, then it goes to More Like You, uh, featuring, is it Fjer? It's F-J-E-R, I think it's that's a, uh, an artist that signed to his label, but um, yeah man, I haven't even mentioned that track. That I know this album ends with the track Control, which is like a nine minute long, just kind of vent session about life and tribulations. I almost feel as good as Control was, I almost feel like More Like You would have been the perfect closer for this album. More Like You is a phenomenal track about tone i believe talking about kind of like the strained relationship that he has with his dad and not well I'll throw this out there it's not really like a relatable track because luckily I'm, i have a great relationship with with my dad but this track though man like it's so another track that when i look at like the lyrics so well written uh, Fajer adds really nice singing to to complement the beat. It's another one of those tracks that uh definitely kind of like builds up. But yeah, that's that track is phenomenal, man. And like I said, the album ends with Control, uh, which is a nine minute, just man, it's like a nine minute just vent, just lyrical vent about just life pitfalls, downfalls, getting in your own way, trying to get out of your head, just all of life's problems rolled up into nine minutes or so, really almost 10 minutes, because it's nine minutes and 46 seconds, but, you know, but yeah, man, this, this album, if you have not uh, listened to Tone Def's Polymer album, if you haven't listened to Tone Def, um, listen to this please do if you like it when you listen to it please support the artist man like buy, buy the music i will leave relevant links about this album in the description i encourage you like i said man if, if you listen to this album and you you enjoy it buy it this is a dude who deserves every penny he can get that's related to this album we're always saying, you know, ah, uh, everybody's making the same kind of music. Nobody's doing anything innovative, blah, 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 blah. Here's somebody who's doing something different, something innovative, something I guarantee you is different than what you've probably listened to recently. And not only is it different, it's, it's, it's great. It's good. It's because some people do different and it's not. You know, being different doesn't equate to always being good. But this is great. Like, 
he did something different he executed it perfectly like I don't know I could go on just I have so many positive things to say <laughs> about this album phenomenal listen man just tone if by chance you hear this which I know can happen via the, the interwebs people spread things I'm not a huge podcast at all I don't average that many listeners but yeah if you if you happen to hear this man bravo like this album's dope <laughs> like <laughs> this album's serious I have not stopped listening to this since July 8th or whatever that release date was uh, I'm gonna keep listening to this like this this was ambitious it was creative but more importantly it was executed to perfection a lot of people can make a creative project something ambition something ambitious but they don't always execute this did all of the above and probably more but um yeah, I'm coming up close on an hour I've been talking about this album for a long time so yeah I'm gonna get ready to get out of here I can hear my voice kind of going and I'm still not 100% so I'm sorry if I, if I sound a little weird during this podcast sound a little nasally but tone deaf polymer phenomenal album as I said I will leave relevant uh, links uh, to the album in the description box below that you should go check out um, I will also probably sometime this week maybe Wednesday Thursday uh, me and my homie the Antaku will definitely be giving you guys review on fights man there's been a lot of fights that have happened this last week or so um, and not just UFC man I've seen glory um, I watched the uh, Frampton uh in the cruise fight so i don't know we'll figure out what fights we want to talk about and that'll probably be coming to you guys sometime this week and that's it man so spectral go check that out on netflix if you want to watch a, a solid solid military sci-fi flick some ghost soldiers and <laughs> all that good stuff and on the musical tip tone deaf's polymer album phenomenal project one of the best of 2016 go check that out go support the homie with your money i emphasize if you like it when you listen to it um go go give that album a listen and yeah man support good music support good art and that's it so i'm your host serial sensei this has been the dojo talk podcast I will catch you guys later.